Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. I've been trying to find a way to get my energy steady throughout the day, especially in my sales meetings. And coffee all the time just wasn't cutting it. I had way too many crashes and jitters. Thankfully, I found this little shot called Magic Mind. I started drinking these green shots and I love them. They help me so much every morning and I get really creative. I usually will drink them after my morning workouts. Due to the nootropics inside, they really allow you to focus while not being too anxious and really allow you to enter that flow state a little bit easier. Some of the shots are made out of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms. These nootropics inside really boost your clarity and focus so you can be truly present throughout your work schedule. Seeing how well Magic Mind has worked for me, I would really encourage you all to try it out as well as if you're having trouble being 100% on some days. It's a total game changer. If you're like me, I totally recommend you go check them out at magicmind.co slash regardless and join a community of go-getters. You can also use my discount code regardless20 to get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. My 40% off code only lasts 10 days. So hurry up. Okay, so before getting into this episode, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a background story about how this lead came into fruition and really cool. I think it just goes to show that regardless of the fear we may have in life and going up to people or making shit happen, do it anyways. It's worth it. Um, I went to South by Southwest alone for my company when I was working um, at the prior company to where I am now and I was the main spokesperson for the eight for my agency and I went to South by Southwest alone and literally went to conferences I went to events and just met as many people as I could and some people would look at me and say oh well she's Skylar she's outgoing she can do it and yeah I am outgoing now, but like it took years of just practicing the muscle of confidence. And I've really gained this confidence to go up to people because of practice. I wasn't born with it. So I was at this iHeart podcast event and I saw Gail and decided to go up to her and introduce myself. And you never know what an introduction could lead to. And it led to this. And now Gail Troberman, the CMO of iHeart, is now on my podcast. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't get out of my own way and went up to her and said hi. So now listen to our conversation. (laughs) Welcome back to Regardless, You've Got This, the syllabus for your 20-something soul. Regardless of the limitations, pressure, external forces we may all face, we really got this. So for today's episode, I feel incredibly honored really getting the opportunity to talk with a very special superhuman today. So let's just get right into it. 
It is my absolute honor to introduce you all to the Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of iHeartMedia, Gail Troberman. Gail is the definition of a marketing innovator and visionary. Prior to iHeartMedia, Gail served as Chief Marketing and Ideas Officer for IPG Media Brands. Before that, she spent 16 years at Microsoft, first launching internet startups and building the first branded entertainment team online, and then as their chief creative officer, really overseeing their portfolio of brands and global advertising campaigns across consumer and business-to-business products, including Windows, Office, Bing, Xbox, and more. So really end of story, Gail is my role model. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. That was awesome. I should bring you everywhere to introduce me. You should. <laughs> Literally, I can be your little spokesperson for this upcoming South by Southwest. I'm there. Perfect. Done. 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 We've got a job for you. <laughs> the IR podcast hotel. I love it. I love it. I mean, the, the time we met, we actually met at your iHeartMedia podcast event. So yeah. it's just really cool to see full circle. And I feel just really grateful and present right now with you. It's really cool. Spectacular. So let's get into your story. I mean, I feel like there's a lot we could focus in on for today's episode. Um, And really, before we get into all of that, I did just want to praise you for not only being an early internet innovator and creating the industry's first branded entertainment division, um, but really for doing all of this and being a woman. Like, snaps, claps. Like, seriously, (laughs) that is amazing. And I can really only imagine what it was like for you at the beginning stages, even maybe when you were 20, 20 something year old. Um, Do you mind sharing a little bit more about what it was like for you in the beginning stages of your career and how it was, you know, your experience of paving your own path as a leader and doing so as a woman? Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, I wish I had uh, your show or uh, a syllabus when I was in my twenties. <laughs> um, I always say if I were going to write like a, a business book, um, it would be about what, what my career has mostly mm-hmm. been, which is like, uh, a, you know, stumbling uh, towards good people. That's that's probably yeah yeah the most <laughs> consistent theme in in my career has been like you know you know effective stumbling. Um, I love that versus <laughs> versus planning. So um, yeah. I may not be the best guest for you for this show because um, you know I uh, it's funny I gave a um, I gave a presentation once to a group of young female entrepreneurs yeah um, at an event. And I, I realized as I was talking about kind of my path, which was what they'd asked me to do, um, I realized that that all of these 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 key decision points were so um, spontaneous and mm. things presented themselves. And I was like, and then I kind of stumbled here, and then this came up, and I stumbled there. And a, and a, um, a woman came up to me, and she had just started her own startup, and um, she was in her twenties, and she came up to me. And it just blew my mind. She was like, that was so amazing and so helpful. And, um, you know, you really got me thinking. I have four life plans and I'm going to go home and rip up number three. Good. And I was like, (laughs) the world has changed (laughs) because I had no life plan. So, um, you know, I always tell people um, and to a large extent, it's true when when I uh, was applying to colleges, you know, I wasn't like a science person. I wasn't a math person. And um, and I kind of started looking at majors and, and within communications, there was this thing called TV radio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I really love TV and radio. That sounds interesting. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was like, that feels like like the right major. And, yeah. you know, I used to, I used to watch a lot of really old sitcoms late night, you know, in like high school and, uh, um, and like reruns of all the old, like 70s sitcoms. Totally. Totally. In the 80s, I used to watch those and, um, and I loved Bewitched and mm-hmm. Darren Stevens had the coolest job. And I was like, I love that. Like you come up with this idea and then like you pitch it and you sell it. <laughs> yeah. The bizarro thing is through all these random decisions. It's kind of still what I do at iHeart, yeah. right? You listen to what marketers want. Mm-hmm. I listen to what our clients want. I listen to what our customers need. I try to find an insight and then create an idea that mm-hmm. will get people who believe X today to believe Y tomorrow. Super fun, right? Like, and I was like, yeah, this is this is a really fun, interesting world. So, mm. you know, I graduated. I, uh, you know, I got a job in advertising. Back in the day, it was very like you you got a job in um at an agency. It was one of the big New York agencies, and they like put you at different desks to see kind of where you fit. And I was like, I want to be a copywriter. I want to do creative, right? And then they put me. They're like, you move around. You do media and PR and promotions and like all the functions. Damn. And, when things fit, they'll promote you and you'll start doing real work. And I was there like three weeks at a, the first place that they put me, which was PR. And I got promoted in like three weeks in PR. You have to earn it. Right. Yeah, or social, yeah. Right. Like you guys do that all the time and earning social following, right. You've got to, you've got to figure out how to build Be your authentic, audience organically. To see it. Yeah. Or to hear it. So, yeah. um, so it was, you know, really fortuitous. I think the skills you learn in PR are really, really valuable in mm. life and in work, right? It's like, how can I, if I can, you know, boil this down to like three messages and I say them two or three times, you might remember one or two things I said. Yeah, absolutely. Or PR, right? And it's true in, in a meeting, it's true in a presentation. 100%, and, yeah. So, uh, so I loved that I started in PR and uh, I did a couple of PR jobs and one, um, one again, stumble fortuitous day. Um, I guess it was terrifying <laughs> in the moment. Um, all the execs at this big New York agency were all off at other client meetings. And these two Microsoft execs who were like, you know, 30 years old, um, you yeah. know, these badass two women were like, Oh, hello, we're Microsoft. Uh, we're, we're looking for a PR agency. Uh, no brief, but we're going to come by tomorrow at two. Like they called wow. and they just said, we're going to okay. come tomorrow at two because they didn't want people to be prepared. They wanted to like actually meet people and everyone who mattered, who would have overprepared and had all the slides and the maps and the credentials mm. and all that were, were, couldn't be there. And they were kind of like, Hey, you've worked on some cool things. Could you host this meeting? And I was like, I don't know anything Damn. about technology. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I know nothing about technology and um and we pitched for this is how old i am it was the uh it was the cd-rom business i did this pitch and i'm like can i do it my way and i didn't do all the like let's click through some horrible slides and i just shared like some work i'd done and um we can't we uh we made it to the finals a lot of the big agencies that had all their execs didn't um and i got to work with them a little bit on that pitch we came in second Mm. we didn't win the business um and then um they wanted me to come take a corporate pr job because wow we We got on board to microsoft to microsoft and i was like no i gotta get out of pr it's not my thing i want to do advertising i want to do marketing so i was trying to find my way and i Mm. so i didn't go interview for that job and then like flash forward like a year later, 
I was running home from my, my job in New York to change to meet some friends at a bar before cell phones and the house phone rang. Um, I was just home changing and this insanely genius Scottish dude from Microsoft who I'd never met called me at home at like random. Okay. And he's <laughs> like, Oh, we're starting the secret project on the internet, which I'd barely been on. And he's like, but he was crazy genius, dude. We talked for like 90 minutes and I'm not a phone person. And I was like, whoa and he's like so wow i can't tell you anything about this but i'd love it if you'd come out to seattle and interview for this job i can tell you nothing about i went to seattle and interviewed and it turned out it was um you know the the most amazing thing about microsoft in Mm -hmm. that day um again i'd never been to seattle and i'd barely been on the internet and i was going to interview for a job about internet marketing yeah the unknown yeah Um, but everyone was so smart. I was like, you know, then I got the offer and I was like, how can I not go work with these genius humans? So, um, I did it. And the the beautiful thing to your question about, you know, moving around, moving up in my career as a Mm -hmm. woman, as a gay woman, um, one of the things I, you know, I, I give Microsoft and, you know, Bill Gates and the execs at early execs at Microsoft so much credit for that was in 96, Mm. right um you were probably not born <laughs> like yeah. maybe I was a year old <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and yeah. um and you know even when I interviewed for that job they said like the guy who invited me to come interview said hey if there's someone important enough to you that you want to bring them with you we'll pay for their flight wow and then when they offered me a job they said hey they didn't say we have domestic partner benefits which they did mm. in 96 They said, hey, if there's, you know, someone important enough to you that you want them to move with you to make this transition better or be part of your life, new life here, we'll move them. And we never used pronouns and we didn't. And it was like, wow. And and I was so lucky, right? Because I grew up in a culture of work where, you know, it was a hard culture. It was brutal. But the only discrimination in those days at Microsoft was based on intelligence. Like if you said something people thought was stupid, they would eviscerate you, but there was so no bias, you know, you could be the dude in the corner who doesn't look up at all and hasn't bathed in two weeks and you say something genius and everyone's like, yes. Wow. Right. You okay. Old or young or any race or ethnicity yeah. or sexuality or, it just didn't matter. They just didn't see the world that way. And so I honestly was crazy lucky from mm. that moment on. And in my career, I was out and it didn't matter. And there were no real repercussions. And, and I grew up in a culture that was just so accepting of, of Gail, that's amazing to hear. And it's really cool when you find those. I guess like a hot spot of people that are kind of on your same wavelength and what really matters is like what's on the inside and what's your, what, what you're bringing to the table. And it's, yeah. it's cool to hear that such, you know, now a corporate company and fortune, you know, huge ass company. Like it makes me happy that their foundation was so supportive and there for you and anyone regardless mm-hmm. of you know, of sexual orientation, color, whether or not they took a shower, like that's exactly. Yeah. 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 So what would you say like throughout your journey, you know, of kind of climbing up this ladder because you really did. Mm -hmm. And it is cool. I know you keep on saying that, 
you felt like things were kind of just coming your way and it was kind of just out of the blue where, you know, you were doing you and you were working hard. But I also think when you are working hard and you're focused and you know what you want, things do unfold for you. And so yeah. and when you're out, did, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and I think, I think, you know, your generation is, is so much better at it than, than we were, right? Like you understand the power of, you know, like we met, right? At an yeah. industry event, like, you know, get out and talk to people and meet people because all of these moments, right? I, you know, this guy, Richard Tatey actually passed away about a week or two ago. Mm, he also created that guy who called me, he created Cranium. Wow. It was that guy because he lost at Pictionary once and he started studying right brain and left brain and he left Microsoft to create Cranium because he was so intrigued by that idea. So that's the caliber of I got the privilege to work with. Um, The, um, the, the interesting, you know, thing for me and the, the, like the difference is like, you know, a lot of my jobs at Microsoft had, um, particularly when I started getting into branding content and we got Mm -hmm. into the advertising business. For me, I was really fortunate in that I got to like work with a lot of people outside Microsoft. Mm. I got to work with other brands creating branded content, which got me into like the marketing world and the ad world. And so meeting a lot of different people through that was, was really helpful in, you know, keeping it interesting and growing and building my network. Cause you know, just like when Richard called me, it was cause I had met, the woman who became the CMO of Microsoft and she gave Richard my card when he was looking for yeah. someone. And, you know, I think your generation understands just the power of that, of, you know, meet other, you know, interesting, smart people and, and good things come of knowing one another. Yeah. I mean, I do, I agree. And I disagree with, with yeah. that. I think okay. a yeah. lot of people in my generation do know that, but there's this sense of fear that's holding them back or they think mm. that only this certain person is able to attract that because they're outgoing. Like I feel like there's labels that they put on, which I'm wanting to debunk because Mm -hmm. I think it's really about being fearless and regardless of what happens, put yourself out there because you do not know what's behind that door. You never True. know. Or find the people you vibe with, right? Like yeah. you know, the iHeart Podcast Hotel, right? It was it was really interesting. Like I always love, I love mashups of different worlds, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So <laughs> iHeart is so interesting, right? Where we have, you know, iHeart, we have iHeart Radio and our big events and we work with, you know, every artist and like, oh, you know, there's Jen, there's Halo and there's Charlie Booth and, the, you know, we're like, we're always in velvet ropes and VIP lounges and stuff like that. And that's very much a part of the iHeart radio mm-hmm. and you know our we're reaching nine or ten americans with all the coolest music and artists but then we're the number one podcast network yeah. and when you go to a podcast event here's all these really smart but maybe not as outward star powered humans mm-hmm. you know like when we do the podcast awards it's always so interesting to see all the podcasters who are like not sure i'm about this red carpet thing what am i <laughs> what do i do here right and like they're like people who like to sit off camera in a studio and talk to people like them. And, you know, so, you know, I think whatever your style is, you can find, you can find people to network who you vibe with, right. Mm. Who are more in your zone. Everyone isn't like, you know, bubbly and outgoing and like, you know, you are, but like some people are, you know, that they're more geeky or smart or go find that crowd. And there's super successful people who are like, you know, because working with people you vibe with and stuff is always going to be better mm-hmm. than trying to go somewhere. It's just like branding, right? I, I I always talk to people when we're building brands, like a brand has to be true to who you are. Mm. You can't just decide to be someone you're not. 
No. You know, as much as I would have wished many a day Windows could be Apple, it could, right? Windows is an amazing brand and it powers the world. Yeah. And what business didn't start with some part of Windows or Office, right? Incre- really? You know, billions of people, everything in our lives started with a, an Excel doc or a PowerPoint or a laptop or PC. But you can't just become another brand that you're not. You have to be true to Windows is yeah. powerful, but but geeky and smart totally. and awkward and not always perfect. And yeah, Apple is shiny and perfect and aspirational. And that's okay. They both exist, right? Yeah. And kind of figuring out like what works for you. Like just because I was interested in, you know, a connection with iHeart and I saw you and you're amazing and I had to introduce myself, like that could be really, really scary for someone. And they may not want to meet, you know, maybe a chief marketing officer of a brand. Maybe it's more of them like walking up to, I don't know, like, yeah, like Josh don't... and Chuck from stuff you should know. Right. It's a exactly. really different, they're going to give off a really different energy than I am. And yeah, you know, and I, I loved that event because, you know, like talking to like Lori Santos from happiness lab and like all these podcasters I heard, I hadn't met. And I was like fangirling all of these. I was dying. Women right like it was so fun yeah yeah so and much it fun. was I, you know in some ways more fun than sometimes meeting some of the like big music artists and stuff too because yeah you, like it's one of the things like you know when I when I took the job at iHeart I met similarly I, I met Bob Pittman at some events that we you know we were doing when I was at IPG and and he called me to ask my advice about rebranding Clear Channel which was mm. the name of the company the iHeart Media Totally. And he just wanted to get my opinion. And, um, and then I turned into a freelance gig that turned into a, I don't want a job. I don't want a job. I want to take some time. And here I yeah. am <laughs> years later as the CMO of iHeart. Um, but it was like, you know, the same thing where like, I didn't, the fascinating thing for me was, you know, again, I, I sort of stumbled toward this genius mm-hmm. human who had done, he created MTV at 24 and he's been CEO of all these amazing businesses and he was super smart and asking the right questions. And then I was like, I, again, the, the timing might not have been perfect for me, but I was like, here's another really interesting business mm-hmm. problem and a group of really smart, passionate people I could go do it. You find people, humans that you relate to and you vibe with. Yeah. And, it's, it's one of the reasons I think audio is, is having such a moment now too, is it's, it's people can be more real when the camera's mm. off. I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. Also, it really gets rid of that superficial aspect and just being real. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this new platform, be real. They're doing so well because it's yeah. cutting out those filters and it's really forcing people to be authentic and yeah. that, you know, the aspect of companionship as well. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, kind of pivoting a little bit because like, I kind of yeah, want to get more into your regardless mm-hmm. working for Microsoft. So there was a lot of unknown in that. And I give you a lot of praise for a lot yep. going for it and not really know what the hell is going to happen when you decided to work for them. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, the internet was kind of like how we see crypto and NFTs and the metaverse right now. We're like, you know, it was exactly the same. The Every same time thing. I'm like dealing, we're, we're about to launch iHeartlands in the metaverse yeah. uh, momentarily. I saw that. Like, Congratulations. These are exactly the same questions. Like it's, <laughs> it's all new. We don't know, like, which makes it so cool. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. wild. And I think this is really, I think a lot of 20 something year olds can relate to this, whether it's in marketing, it's, you know, it's in tech or even in real mm-hmm. estate, you're, you're in, I don't know, therapy, whatever. It's relatable for mm-hmm. everyone, but how were you able to navigate really decision-making and trusting yourself and mm. deciding to move forward with Microsoft 
regardless of the unknown. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, again, for, for me, you know, it, in, it was, you know, I had to move to a place in once for an interview. Um, my wife and I had just moved in together not long before that, mm. um, you know, and so, uh, and she had left Wall Street and had started teaching. Wow. So like, it were a lot of like related decisions we had to make. Um, but it was, you know, for me, it was it, when I met those people and I went through like seven back-to-back interviews and mm. everyone was just so smart and interesting it, it wasn't, and I've learned a lot about that in my career, particularly as, as a marketer, like it really doesn't matter what you're marketing. Sometimes you're working on the least cool product and you yeah, do yeah. your best work, right? Yeah. You get to do the coolest campaign for the lamest product, right? And sometimes you work on the coolest, hyper cool, sexiest product you think you're really into and it's the worst client and you, you end up doing work you're not proud of. Or totally. Tell. So for me, the decision was easy. The, the people were just so smart. Um, mm-hmm. Bizarrely, like they, like, I didn't even know what a stock option was mm, when 96, yeah. when that was part of the package. So I was all about like, like it was it real, one of my sticking points was it was a lateral salary move mm-hmm. when I was making, you know, not tons of money at all in PR um, and they wouldn't budge on that. Um, and, but who knew that the stock could be life-changing. I totally, honestly, like totally. generationally, we didn't have that then. Um, but I went through, I followed amazing, smart humans. And, and that was like, I'll figure out what it turned out. I was working on what became sidewalk.com, which was a mm-hmm. city guide, the first city guide on the internet. Wow. Um, and, and it was a, you know, crazy fun project. Um, and then we launched Expedia and Carpoint and Home Advisor and all the, all the, the, at the time we had sort of the number ones in every vertical on the internet, but the internet was small. It was, it was, uh, it was just beginning, but I yes. followed people. I followed smart people. people. That was for me, every, I think pretty much every job choice I've made, that's, that's been the mm. consistent thread. And people you believe in and they believe in mm-hmm. you. I think just having that mutual respect and love in career in in your friendships and social, you know, mm-hmm. re- romantic relationships, it's everything, but especially in career, you kind of forget that it's, it's this mutual. Yeah, thing. I always say like when you, when you pivot it to relationships, it's so interesting, but I think it's the same, like for me, like shared values, mm-hmm. right? Like if you don't share values with the people you work with or the people you're dating, like it, it, it just, it's not going to work in the end. Right. It could be fun for a minute, but like you have to share values because when hard decisions need to be made, we need to lay people off. We've got to cut budgets. Mm. We, you know, you've got to make hard decisions as a grown up at work. If you share values, you'll, you might not agree on everything, but you'll, you'll find your way to decisions and you'll feel heard and respected. And, um, and so to me, that's always a really become an increasingly important thing I look for when I like you know, approach any decision that do a board thing or where I spend my time. Like, are yeah. you going to be with people who share your values? Yeah, that's huge. My parents have always told me, like, if you guys, if you're dating someone and you don't share the same values, you know, you're not, you know, a marriage is not going to last. Yeah. So. When it gets, when stuff gets hard, that's, <laughs> no. that's when you're going to be like, wait a minute, somebody's sick and you won't drop everything to go see them or like, what? Like, that's the shit that really matters. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself like throughout your career in, you know, 
a state of fear or maybe taking a couple of steps back and Mm -hmm. like a little bit lost or confused. And when you found yourself in these moments, how were you able to kind of keep your blinders on and continue to move forward regardless? Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, I still find myself in a state of fear on many given days. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, (laughs) uh, that will persist. That doesn't go away. away. (laughs) Um, Particularly if you're growing and trying new things. So um, perhaps it gets greater as you go on, take bigger risks. Yeah. Um, But um, yeah, for me, you know, there was one, um, uh, one of the great things about Microsoft is they really believed and particularly because we were, you know, it was a company that was always in new spaces. So they really believed that like, um, you know, smart people will learn new things and Mm. there aren't experts in most of these things. So it was very easy to move around and try different jobs and stuff. And they reordered a lot too, because, you know, we organized for this, but this turned out to be the business and they moved, you know, you got new bosses or new divisions and things got mashed up. And um, so it was a very fluid organization. And uh, at one point, I guess I, like I got reorged into something and uh, the guy who was heading it up was like, you know, you're great. And I want you to learn <laughs> his philosophy was you're really good at these things. So I want you to take this job and go learn other skills. Mm. So you could become a well-rounded like person who could move up as an executive at Microsoft. So you're good at marketing and creativity. And, um, so I want you to learn finance and financial Scary. modeling. <laughs> yep. 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 And, um, and that didn't work well, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and it was really interesting. I was like, like, I'm not going to be good at that. Like, like I I know my strengths and, you know, and and his philosophy was there's, you know, he's like, we have accountants and analysts and people will give you like some of those people. You don't have to be the math person, but like, if you want to move up as an exec here, his philosophy was you really need to learn like that side of the business because mm-hmm. that'll be important mm-hmm. if you want to run a division or things like that. And so I was like, right, I guess that makes sense. And it was like the worst. I think I did it for like six months and it was horrible. It was like, I was modeling like, like internet access offers for MSN. And it was like, it was all math every day and probability. so not and, you. Like, so not me. Right. And I remember the feeling and, you know, I think we've all had this feeling like when you're doing something that you don't vibe with and you just like, like I would drive into campus and like have that pit in my stomach. Oh, right. Like as soon as you pulled in, you just be like, Oh, I hate this. Um, you know, and, and, you know, one day, you know, I've had some other jobs where they were good for a bit and then it wasn't working. And, you know, I, I've, like in that job and, and at Microsoft, I've been really fortunate, like that it was a company where you could say, Hey, this isn't for me. Yeah, I want to yeah. go look for something else. And I found my way to another job that became one of the best I ever had in my whole career. And it became, you know, starting that branded content team that, mm-hmm. you know, to this day, some of my best friends, so from, from that era, you know, some of the best work we've ever done. I think we all look back at that team and the work and the, the, the you know, the new things we were creating and the fun we had. And the, it was, it was amazing. So, but I had to like admit like this, I'm, I'm not happy. This isn't mm. for me. And it maybe it meant, I don't know, there were risks like, you know, here's this, you know, major exec at Microsoft who's now going to think, oh, you're not on the ladder for mm. a for VP or whatever, because you're, you're not willing to learn finance or whatever. But I just believed I wasn't going to be, I was never going to be good at that. And I was miserable. 
doing yeah. that. I don't want to be miserable every day. And you know, it's funny, my the woman I ended up working for, who was one of the most amazing mentors I ever had mm-hmm. um, in that next job. And um, she, you know, she, it's funny, she always said, she called it um, my career path at Microsoft. I believe she used the word meandering. You know, but for me, learning. That's how I learned. It's kind of the same thing. I was learning these different skills, but I was moving more organically instead of like up a lot. Yeah. Well, I think that's really cool that you're emphasizing that because I think it goes to show that the there's no such really thing as a ladder. I mean, sometimes for yeah. some people there is, but I think that sure. we can all have our own graph or Mm -hmm. journey of, of flow. And it can can go sideways. It doesn't always have to be going up, but thank you for showcasing that because you still made it to where you are and you still rose to the top, but maybe it just wasn't a straight diagonal line. Yeah, exactly. I ended up as, you know, chief, chief creative officer at Microsoft. That was another amazing, uh, it was like the best worst job offer ever. Um, (laughs) I was doing this job. I loved with this team I built from scratch. And like I said, it was really, there are those magic moments in your career where it's just feels right. You're doing amazing work with amazing people and making tons of money for the company. And it just was an amazing era. The market was with us. The wind was at our back. Everything was great. Yeah. It's yeah. been, I mean, it's been really fun. And like I said, you know, I always, you know, I do a lot of mentoring and, and conversations and presentations yeah. like this. And, um, you know, for me, it's don't be afraid to stumble because you will, mm. we all will, we're all going to, you know, we're going to fail at things. I remember one of the first, the first email I was ever on with Bill Gates was when we launched Sidewalk and somebody, not me, sent him like the data on the first it was Sidewalk Seattle, a city guide in Seattle. And, you know, on the dial up internet and, you know, the first report on how many people were listening, using it or whatever. And somebody sent it to him and like, oh, it's great. We, you know, we thought we'd reach this many people, but we reached this. And, the, and, uh, and Bill just sent back like, yeah, that's great. But what isn't working? That's what oh. we learned. And I was like, wow. It's like, what broke? What didn't work? That's yeah. more interesting. That's right? Cool. And that's the difference between a Bill Gates and the average boss, right? Like, yeah, yeah, great. I'm happy for you. Things work. Terrific. You don't yeah. need me. Like, wow. And, um, and so don't be afraid to stumble and, and, and own mistakes. Mm. I think people get so afraid. Um, I think generationally, like there, there's a, you know, there's, there's a, there's a different culture of um, being afraid to like take the hit or yeah. be wrong. Right. And you yeah. know, I said to all the younger employees and I'm like, it's okay. You can't do this job and not make mistakes. There's, I can't do my job and not make mistakes, but it's how fast we all learn. That's what differentiates, I think, really high growth companies and cultures is that they're learning organizations and you can't learn if stuff isn't wrong, right? You learn from the stuff that goes wrong. Um, And so for me that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a different way of thinking about it. It's not about getting an A on the test. It's about what did we learn when we got a C and how fast could we get to an A? Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I still cannot believe that. Like basically (laughs) you were like Bill Gates was sliding in your DMs. Like that is crazy. Yeah, not quite, not quite. Not quite. I was one of of like 25 people on a CC line on an email. It's okay, I'll take it, I'll take it. (laughs) No, I I got to know later later in life, Um, but um, yeah. 
So I love it. Um, so Gil, if you could think back to maybe mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 20, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. did you envision your career as it is today? Like where mm-hmm. you are right now? Did you envision it this way? No, you know, it, it goes back to a little bit of that, like, like planning thing, right? I, I really never had a plan. So I never, I never locked in on a vision. Okay. So, um, so for me, I'm, oh, I'm so often just amazingly surprised by how lucky I've been. Mm-hmm. My wife and I have a word we say to each other a lot. I call it muppa-lucky. And what basically, muppa-lucky. Muppa-lucky. Like yeah. Okay, love, love. Like, um, and the, the premise is like, we, we try to remind ourselves every once in a while when we're in these like surreal, how did I get here moments? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, where you just realize for a minute, most days, most weeks, we all have them. Like, how lucky are we? Yeah. And if you realize how lucky you are, you want to bounce up and down like a Muppet. It's just, you know, how Muppets exude that like this? pure joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, and, yeah. and it's just, it's been when, I don't know where it came from, but I just said it once and it like the Muppets were on in the background. And so I don't know, yeah, and, I get uh, it, I get but it's like, it's, it's just, it's like, I, I, I have those moments still, you know, we were at the Cam so Lions cool. festival and, oh. and, you know, the ad festival. Amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. It's amazing. But I've been to a ton of those through the years, but um, I, you know, thinking of my like 20 year ago self, mm. I, I got to do a panel on the iHeart Yacht where I interviewed um, our client from PNG, uh, this amazing woman who runs Glad, and Sam Smith. Wow. And we were talking about gays and media and identity and marketing and belonging. And I was like, and I've been going to the Cannes Film Festival for 20, I think it's I like 23rd. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, if you told me going to my first Can Lions 23 years ago that I would be sitting on a yacht interviewing <laughs> a major Grammy winning artist about gay gaze and marketing i wouldn't have thought that was even remotely plausible so like you you know appreciate those moments like you know like like and and any of them are i never would have envisioned that those things would happen so you know enjoy the good moments there's enough sucky ones but but savor those and and remember how lucky you are when you get that breakthrough moment or that good meeting or that you know that that happy accident that happens yeah i I Enjoy. And I have to say something like full circle for me, like an amazing, like Muppet aha moment that I had was honestly South by Southwest and the iHeart event <laughs> and going up to you. And I remember I met the guy who created Pfizer and I'm like, what is going? Like, I wouldn't have imagined this. That's right. Like, a month like ago. The CMO of Moderna. Or yeah, 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 or Moderna. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. And like, look where I am now. And it's just like appreciating the smaller moments. And also I love mm-hmm. how you never had a plan. And I think that's yeah. the key. I think yeah. it's totally fine to have dreams and aspirations and having energy to get somewhere and make an impact. But I think the beauty comes into being open and going with the flow. And in terms of yep. what feels right, mind, body, soul, totally. full alignment. Totally. And that's it's what- not like plans are bad. You know, I think for lots of people, it's great. Like, you know, having a direction and working your way there. I've just, you know, I've been kind of like up lucky in that I've, I've, 
gotten to meet amazing humans and they've introduced me to other and like those moments happen. And, and, you know, I think if you're, you know, the, the thing I've, it's always been one of the really important things for me is being your true self everywhere. Um, you know, like sort of being that same integrated person. And again, it's what I think makes great marketing is when it's human and authentic and real. And, and it, you know, I, I love that about iHeart. Like our shows are unscripted and I right now there are 850 shows on radio right now, live, unscripted, on the air, like being themselves, talking about their day and what they're interested in. And, and, and that's why people listen. And, and I think if you can be your true self at work, at home, mm. with your family, with your friends, if you can be that same person, you get good at it. If you're always trying yeah. to be someone different and ad- adapt to the situation, you're kind of always off and wrong. And I agree. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe regardless will be one of those shows one day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. But just one more question before we get into sure. syllabus steps. Um, you know, what is one thing you wish someone told you when you were, I guess, like my age, maybe 25 in your early career stage, or maybe it's something that you would have wished you told your younger self? You know, one of the things, and, and I think a lot of times, and, and it's still one of the issues I face, I think it's like, um, I, I think if I had to shorten it, I think it's, it's more important, like, it's more important to, to get it right than to be right. Mm. And I think it's, as you, as you grow professionally and you get better at collaborating and you have to work with more different constituents and, you know, you, you, you have to learn, like, you know, it, it's funny because usually if you're successful in your education on your way to a career, right. It's about get it right. Take the test, get an A, be right. Be and, right. and we kind of groom people to be right. And we don't really teach, teach people the art of how to get things right. And mm. getting it right means sometimes it may not even be as good. And it may not be perfect, but it won't ever happen if you don't get everyone on board or aligned with it or other people don't get to participate in it and figure it out with you and go on the journey. And Mm. it's something I still grapple with is like how to how to work with different stakeholders and constituents and, you know, your clients and your peers and your boss and people who work for you. And like, how do you how do you make sure that you can get as many inputs as you can and mm-hmm. hear as many and, and maneuver, you know, when I, when they created the chief creative officer job for me at Microsoft to manage advertising, yeah, it took me a minute to figure out what my job really was, but it basically was, I was going to take other people's genius ideas, like from our agencies. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to navigate them around Redmond and try to get them out into the world without breaking them. But yeah. they wouldn't get into the world if the engineers weren't on board and the mm-hmm. different business people. And there were so many stakeholders. And, and you know, so getting it right, I think the, the key learning for me is it's not it's not about being right, but it's about getting it right. And those are such different skills. Mm, and that comes with like patience and fierce self-compassion and just really mm-hmm. focusing on the journey, which is beautiful. Yeah, which isn't always the, the easy it, thing. It's, it's, it's never easy. It's yeah. never easy, <laughs> yeah. but it's... It's the, you know, it's, it's probably the better, better pathway. Um, so Gail, unfortunately we are at the end of today's episode. So I would love to introduce you. That was Mm -hmm. so much fun. I would love to introduce you to syllabus steps. So this is really a time for us to summarize what we've learned from your journey. So Mm -hmm. 
if you could please share like any resources that have supported you in your growth, um, as an amazing boss of a woman, that would be sure. amazing. So podcasts, new books, tools, mm-hmm. activities, that would be gorgeous. Uh, good to great. Um, good to break. so yeah. Um, um, and I love kind of the principle there of, um, understanding uh it's a whole philosophy around um it's like the strength finders work so authors from uh from they have a couple of books that are super interesting there's a test where you know they grade you on like you know rapid fire questions and like 36 things and it's super interesting to figure out what you're good at but more important to figure out what you're not good at Mm. and learn how to how to work partner with and find people who aren't good at the things you are good at Anything else? The top of your um, mind? Just been working with um, an old friend of mine I ran into in Cannes who has a, a company. And I, I really love what they're doing because it's called Been There, Done That. Ooh. And um, they do like what I call like expert sourcing of I like they they're amazing agency strategists and creatives who don't want full-time gigs, but want to do interesting work and work on interesting projects. And so instead of like crowdsourcing from the masses, they go out and they really, they, they do the part of marketing that's hardest for companies. They like, they really help you hone the brief, Mm. but they don't make the work. Mm. And I thought it was, it's such an interesting process. We were just going through it on some work um, with the iHeart team and, and, um, and the whole philosophy I think is really interesting. Cool. Well, that's, I wonder if they're doing influencer marketing. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Um, Yeah. I'll plug, uh, I'll plug Bob, uh, my boss, Bob's uh, podcast. I love, uh, I was just listening to some episodes, uh, math and magic with Bob Pittman. Very cool. Cause he, he really, you know, he's such a great interviewer and he interviews so many, inter- you know, Titans of business and marketing okay. and industries and, 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 but he goes deep on like their backstory and their origin stories and how they impact, um, uh, not unlike what you're doing here on regardless, um, yeah. but really good, really good podcast. And you learn so much from some of these amazing humans journeys. So. I love it. The most important part. So cool. Okay. Gail. So final question for you. Um, yep. after our conversation, um, we're going to play a little game called fill in the blank. So regardless of blank, I am blank. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want me to just pick one? Yeah. Just go for it. All right. Um, I I'd say regardless of being gay, I've been able to be really successful. Mm. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Gail, I've had so much fun with you. Yes. And I would love to continue this in person. Um, Please let me know the next time you're in LA and I'll absolutely let you know when I'm in New York next. Yeah, totally. Totally. We'll be back at the iHeart Podcast Hotel in South by. So we'll figure out maybe- I will be there. An episode or something there while we're there. That would be so much fun. And I'm just- so honored that you came on to regardless and thank you for being present with me and enjoying this hour together. You're amazing. It was amazing. Best part of the day. Thanks for listening to regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, 
please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at Regardless the Pod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.